Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Well, thank you for coming out for First Wednesday. And we don't kid around here that if you're going to only make it to one service, you need to make it to First Wednesday. And uh, so glad that you're here tonight. And what happens, it kind of snowballs a little bit too. You come expecting. And you come ready to plug in. And that's a, a big part of what makes a difference with that. Amen? Hey, uh, Pastor Ryan mentioned it earlier, but I, uh, this is so consuming in my heart right now and in my mind too. We're in a series called Anti-Anxiety. Let me just put it this way. We are anti-anxiety, okay? And we're in a series on Sunday morning. You need to get here for it. We started this last week, and uh, we'll be on it a total of of six weeks. And uh, I'm so excited about this coming Sunday, and I'm not trying to hype anything up. People are going to be helped. You're going to be able to get free and free and free and enjoy. Some of you don't even enjoy holidays. And I mean, there's food and presents and people, and you're so consumed with everything else, you can't get right there. And I want you to enjoy your holidays, too. That's the very least of it. I want you to enjoy your Thursdays and Mondays. And um, so we're, we're digging into some real important things and, and really doing battle with this. So come and be with us. And you have friends and you have family members and coworkers and neighbors that need to be here. And I'm telling you what, if you, if you tell them good stuff's being served and it's something they're, they're dealing with, uh, they'll, they'll come with you. Studies show that uh, 86% of people that don't come to church, the reason they don't come to church is no one asked them. No one asked them. I don't want that to be on me or on you. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to talk about gratitude tonight. Everybody say gratitude. gratitude. Um, I believe this, and I'll go ahead and say this. I think that gratitude is the secret sauce. For a happy, healthy Christian life, gratitude is the secret sauce. And I'm kind of imagining a chef and, or, you know, maybe it's you in the kitchen making your famous casserole, and you won't tell everybody all your ingredients, you know. And so you've got it, and you've got that big wooden spoon, you know, and you kind of taste it. And sometimes you say, it needs a little more of this. And then when you eat somebody else's, and yours is better than theirs, you don't say it out loud because you don't want to hurt their feelings. But inside, you know, I know it's missing. <laughs> well, I watch lives all the time, and I, and I think one of the things that is missing is the secret sauce. And the secret sauce is what? It's gratitude. It's gratitude. It really is. And gratitude is a couple of things. Let's just look at it here again. Gratitude. Grateful. Go ahead. Put the other one up. There we go. Gratitude. Wait on me. Okay, gratitude. There it is. And gratitude must first of all be, you ready for this? It must be a condition. I'm grateful. (laughs) It's a condition. And when gratitude, get this now, when gratitude is present, your soul is healthy. 
And we're going to see some reasons why tonight. But your soul is healthy. When gratitude is missing, something's missing. Something's missing. And some other things do not connect right. And you're not healthy like you need to be. And we understand this. The third John tells us this. That, beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your, as your soul prospers. We actually live from the inside out. From the inside out. And so it's important, so important, that our soul is healthy and part of that has to do with the presence of gratitude, the condition. And this should be your condition. This should be your diagnosis. That God has been good to you. I'm not going to mess with you tonight. God has been good to you. And yeah, but I'm dealing with this. You have more sunny days than rainy days. You are more blessed then you are bothered. Greater is he that is in you than he who is after you. God has been, God is, God will be good to you. And when you recognize that, when you recognize the balance of all of that, it creates a condition. You have a condition. Everybody say, I have a condition. Now your neighbor really doesn't want you to... And it should be this, grateful, grateful, gratitude, gratitude. So it's not only a condition, it must also be this. It must be a practice. It must be a practice. It must be something that is expressed in our life. So it's not just something that is in us. That's not, that's not the end all for it. It is something that is expressed. The book, book of Hebrews reminds us, uh, therefore by him let us offer up the sacrifice sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, 15. It's the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You know this. You know this principle. I teach this all the time, and I'm really not going to tell you anything new tonight. I'm reminding you of something that's so absolutely vital tonight, but here's the thing. We don't just think our thanks. Your marriage will not go well if you only think your thanks. Your precious bride cook for you and, and do laundry for you, whatever your arrangement is. I'm horrible at cooking and laundry, so thank you, Alicia. And she'll tell you, she'll tell you. She'll, now, and, I, and I try to help with this, and so part of the way I help is I carry my stuff off the dryer and put it in my own drawer most of the time. And I'll thank her on a regular basis. Thank you for doing laundry, because I've been single before. And, you know, we need to not just think our thanks, but express our thanks to God and to people. And not just the people that we know, but the people that come in our circle. I'm way off my notes right now, but I don't even care. Whoever comes in your circle, comes in your, your sphere, and does anything for you, you thank them. You, you honor them. If they're a, a server in a restaurant and they re- refill your water or your coffee, you don't just look past their hand as they, work past, as, as they wait on you and serve you. 
Stop and look at them and thank them. Amen? First responders. Got my man in OPD. Go ahead and stand up, Martin, real quick. Thank you. And to his precious bride, thank you. You got people all around you all the time, and we're not to be these smug, well, I'm so blessed, I'm just so blessed, I'm so blessed. We need to be a grateful people. It is a condition within us, and it is a practice of our life that we express gratitude, and we, we, it has to come out of our mouth, and there's so many other ways we can express gratitude as well. Are you all with me tonight? Let's look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul writes, in everything. Everybody say, in everything. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Actually, we skipped uh, some verses. Can we go back to verse 16 for this, please? Verse 16. Can we go back? Verse 16. I'll read it to you here. Rejoice always. Everybody say, rejoice always. There it is. This is just coming in. This just in. Back up again. Back up again. Rejoice always. Everybody say rejoice always. All right. Now go to the next one. Pray without ceasing. Okay, go ahead. Give in everything. Give thanks. For this is the, huh? It's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So these are several things that are constants. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything, in all circumstances, whatever, whatever, wherever, you're giving thanks. So it's a constant in our life. And the one that we're hitting tonight, you should have rejoicing in your life, you should have prayer in your life, and you should have thanks in your life, gratitude in your life. But I want you to notice this. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for who? For you. For you. All of these are the will of God, and they're not to be ignored. We do not ignore the will of God. And so this part of why it makes it the secret sauce is because you're, you're just flowing with what the will of God is for your life, that you're rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and in everything giving thanks. This is protocol, guys. This is protocol. You know, if you were to visit in the hospital, and I've done this before, you know, visited people in the hospital that you have to, you have to put on gloves and a gown and you have to wash up and do all of that. You can't say, well, I washed hands right after lunch. No, the protocol, what must be followed and cannot be ignored in that setting is you do what they tell you to do. And they tell you to robe up and glove up and wash up and, and all of those things. You do that or, you, or you're not going to be able to go in. Or if you do go in, you could cause a problem or receive a problem. And so this is the will of God. This, and, and God's will is not burdensome or grievous. It's not just busy work. It's not just some heavy checklist for you to do. Every command of God is, is love. Yes. It is for your good. It is for your benefit. And so these things are to be in our life. In everything, 
during whatever is going on. Other translations say in all circumstances, we are to be giving thanks. So look with me in Ephesians chapter 5. Giving thanks, come on, always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I've told you all this before. I have a real problem with this verse. Because if we read it and don't understand it fully, it's saying I'm going to give thanks for all things. Anybody with me? I'm not thankful for all things. Some of you have some things right now in your life. I am not thankful for that. Come on, go ahead and... So what do we do? We got to disobey God or fake it? Or what do we do with this? Well, the New Testament is written in Greek. And every word counts, y'all. Every word counts. Giving thanks always for all things. This word for is the New Testament Greek word huper, H-U-P-E-R. And it means this, over, above, beyond. Over, above, beyond. And so this is what we're doing. This things, these things, I'm thanking God over, above, and beyond those things. I'm not technically thanking God for the flat tire, for the, the pain in my neck, for the problem with my loved one. I'm not thanking God for that. I'm thanking God beyond that. So maybe I could put it to you this way. Uh, I don't thank God for all things, but I thank God that he works all things together for my good. So whatever it is right now, you don't have to be stunted and stalled and stumped by that. And, and don't misunderstand this. Okay, thank you, God, I'm having a really crummy day. No, I'm thanking God over this day, above this day, beyond this day. I'm not thanking God for all these things. I'm thanking God that he works all things together for my good. Amen. And he will. And he will. Amen. Now, look with me in Psalm 92. Don't worry, we're only going to go about another hour and a half. Or not. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is, it is good. It also means it is right to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. So it is good and right to give thanks, which infers this. It is bad and wrong when we don't. And so I think things will, it's going to be better in every regard when we give thanks, but when gratitude is missing, we're not going to be at that level of good when gratitude is missing. It is the secret sauce. Look with me at Romans chapter 1, and and I'm doing a, a dangerous thing. I'm going to trust you to do this later. Go ahead and read Romans chapter 1 like the whole chapter. Don't do it now, okay? Don't do it now. I'm kind of dropping in the middle here. And this is an incredibly pivotal verse right here. Watch this. It says, because although they knew God, 
They did not glorify him as God. Come on, help me. Nor were thankful. But they knew God. But they stopped glorifying him as God. They were not thankful. So they became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. What happens when something's darkened? Can't see. You can't see. Come on, y'all. You can't see. The following verses, don't go there now because we've got a lot to cover tonight. But the following verses diagram for us a digression of 28 sins that happen when you can know God, stop glorifying God, stop giving him thanks, and the digression takes place. And it is a connected digression, and it goes all the way down. And I'm going to tell you this, too, and that's why you need to look at this later. And it is an accurate portrayal of our culture today. It's an accurate portrayal of our world today. Because we knew God. Stopped glorifying God as God. Weren't thankful. Thought we were smart. Thought we knew a better way to do this, to live our lives, to have relationship and so forth. And the digression goes down, down, and down. And I don't want to go there. So here's a principle, and we've taught this over the years. Go ahead and put this up. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. The last, read it with me. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. So you've got to make it a priority in your life and and get this, and make a priority in your family that this is a value in my life. This is a value in my family. Look at me. Teach your children to be grateful. Well, the blessings come from God. No, you need to teach your children and require back of your children that they express gratitude. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says that we're raising our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6 also tells us, and the Amplified brings this, this out, that parents, and it says, as the Lord's representatives. So what we're doing as parents is we're raising our sons and daughters to one day be our brothers and sisters. Galatians is the full picture showing that, that we're the tutor, so to speak. And we're raising them to a point where they can then be the heir. That they can, then they can walk with us. But in the meantime, we have to help them come along. And the secret sauce of a happy, healthy life is you're grateful. The condition that has to be there, what has to be present in our, in our soul, for our soul to be. Listen, there's too many sick souls. And we've got to get gratitude in there. And, and the secret sauce, the remedy, is that gratitude is is in our hearts and it's in our mouths and it's in, it's in our lives. Amen? Amen? So we teach our children. I've told you all this I don't know how many dozen times as we were raising five children. Honey, that's how many kids we had, right? It was five. <laughs> Sometimes it felt like more. <laughs> well, we always did this. I, I, we, were, we were just talking about this other, in our minivan and our, and our old ones that are now, are, they were little then, they're old now. Um, but we just stop and get a Happy Meal or something or stop and get an Icy or something. Um, 
and give it to them, we didn't just let them go, mmm. We'd say, if they didn't offer gratitude, I would say, and the thankful children said. <laughs> so we lead them and teach them. And I have, I have five kids that express gratitude. And I want them to have that because the last step before rebellion is ingratitude. I don't want their life to go that way. I, I don't want their life to go that way. And so, and, and I'm talking about raising our children, but guess what? Some of y'all are adults and you need to stay after class. Some of y'all need to sign up for summer school and learn how to be grateful. Well, they know I'm grateful. They know I'm thankful. They might not. They might not. And beyond that, it is good for us to express it. It is good for them to receive it. And God loves it when that is a part of all of our transactions and inter- interactions. Amen. 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 All right. Let's look in uh, Luke chapter 17. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. Go ahead. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance. Go ahead. Crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. They were cleansed of their leprosy. So what's going on here, and we're not as familiar with this in our day, yet it is something that is still in some pockets in the earth, a disease called leprosy. And when you had leprosy, you were outcast because of the fear of the disease, uh, because of the uh, contagiousness of the things that went along with that. So you're outcast. It didn't matter who you were. Um, You were outcast. And so they... There were so many requirements on them that they had to uh, wear bells. They had to shout out if anybody got close to them so that they could, you know, so that they could uh, not come, not violate that, that buffer. And, um, but I love what they did here. Jesus comes along, and instead of saying unclean and so forth, they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, this is what I think. This is what I think. They really didn't have a place. They were on the outside of the city. Jesus did a whole lot of what he did outside of the city. And I think these, these guys and gals limped and scooted and did whatever because they saw crowds moving along and they watched Jesus do incredible things. They heard the, they heard the crowd shout his name. And so they figured out That's Jesus. Master, he can do something. He can do something for us. And so they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he told them. He just told them directly, go show yourselves to the priest. Which if if you go back into the Old Testament, we find that the Levitical uh, protocol for this was if you felt, if you had leprosy, and if you felt like, hey, I don't have it anymore, I'm better, you had to go to the priest, and the priest would examine you, and then the priest could declare if you were cleansed or not. And then you could get back to your life, because otherwise you had to leave family, job, 
home, everything. And so indicating that, hey, go show yourself to the priest. They took off, so they responded appropriately. And as they went, everybody say, as they went. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Other translations say cured and made clean. Another one says their leprosy disappeared. Wouldn't that be incredible? Y'all, that was really lame right there, right there. (laughs) Now get with me, get with me. If you had leprosy and suddenly Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they went and you suddenly realized, I'm I'm better, would you just go, praise the Lord? (laughs) I don't think you would. You would make, you'd make the people on, let, on the prices right look calm. Right? I think so. Look with me in verse 15 and 16, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. Then one of them. Everybody say one of them. Now, how many of you, when you're reading the Bible, you always think, yeah, that would have been me? You know, we're, we're always the hero of the story, aren't we? Right? Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. Go ahead. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan. And this is brought up for this reason. You ready for the reason? Because it just doesn't matter. Because it just doesn't matter. Here he was, a leper. Here he is, a Samaritan. And here he is just coming to the feet of Jesus. We put so many stinking labels on ourselves. We divide ourselves up in so many crazy ways. Stop. Pray for our country right now. Pray for our country. And I love this. He saw it. Whoa. And he turned around and he came back and he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet. I mean, that is flat, y'all, just flat. Thanking him over and over. And the reason the Amplify brings it out is over and over because the way it is in the New Testament Greek, it's a continuous and repeated action. He didn't just do it twice. It's just, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was just echoing and echoing out of his soul, you know, to the ears of Jesus. He saw two things. He saw that he was healed, and he saw who did it. Everybody say source. Now go with me to verse 17 and 18. Then Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Go ahead. Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this this alien? Wasn't there anybody else? Now, now this is the point I want to make here. Jesus was not so much concerned about being thanked. How many of you know Jesus is not insecure? How many of you know Jesus is not sensitive? I did that for them and they didn't do anything. So I don't think the point was Jesus is offended because somebody didn't thank him. I think the, the bigger point here is Jesus did not want them to miss something. 
His concern was about them understanding what had happened. And only one had understood what had happened. And that's why I'm pushing you all a little bit tonight. God has been good to you. And you need to see that. And you need to know who did it. You don't have a nice car or nice smile or you ate several meals today because you're so smart or lucky or your last name is or you went to whatever school. God has been good to you. God has been good to you. So the deal is not so much that I'm thanking God so that he feels thanked. Really, the, one of the greater issues is this, is that I understand that he did something for me. I know who did it for me. And I don't just keep walking. Wow. I turn around and I go back because it's the secret sauce, because it, it, it's a condition that has to grow and develop on the inside of me. I have to understand this because it brings me to wholeness. Yes, now watch this. Go ahead with the next verses here, verse 19. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you, come on, well, whole. The others were cleansed. The others were cleansed. But there was a full transaction that Jesus intended for these ten. And in the New Testament Greek, the others were just cleansed. Their leprosy stopped. He was made whole. I, I can't tell you for sure because Scripture doesn't bring it out, but the strength of that word is maybe, maybe some of the fingers that had literally rotted and fallen off because of the leprosy I don't know for sure, but the strength of this word is he's made whole. I think there's more. I think sometimes we're so excited because there's a party for us. And we run in and grab the balloon and then go our way. And there was so much more for you. There was friends and cake and ice cream, chocolate and presents but we just grab and go. And there's a full, complete transaction that I think the goodness of God, God wants to draw you into a full transaction, which, which helps you to know this. Whatever comes in life, I know who to ask. The lepers did. They knew who to ask. They, know, they knew that he was able. And then this one got it right. He realized what had happened And he turned back and he thanked him. And I believe, based on the strength of the language, I believe he got the complete transaction. And look what he said, arise, go your way, which in in essence is this, go back to your life. Go back to your family. Go back to that shop that you built. Go back to your business. Go back to your friends. You You can go back now. It was a full and complete transaction that Jesus had. And I think it is only completed when we have gratitude in our hearts. Are you all with me? So we need to be aware. We need to be connected. Here's the whole point. God's my source. God is my source. And I think this, when we have an incomplete transaction, follow me, follow me. When we don't complete the transaction of God's goodness in our life, we're easily self-deceived. I did this. 
I'm smart. Lucky break. I got cool friends. You know, whatever it would be. We self-deceive. The enemy gets involved in that because here's the whole goal of the enemy, to get you away from God as source. But see, if you and I will stay in gratitude, it keeps us in this continuous transaction with God that we're aware of who our source is and who our source is and who our source is. And that is why God wants us to give thanks to him, not so much that he needs to be thanked. It's been quiet in heaven all day today. I need somebody to thank me. That's not what's going on. He wants us to know that he is our heavenly father. He is our source. And when you know he's your source, you're not going anywhere else for what you need in life. Because if you go anywhere else for anything else, it will not fill. Hear me, it will not fill. I don't care what you chase after, who you chase after, what it is you want, where you want to go, who you want to meet, whatever. I don't care. It will not fill. God is source. And he said, I'm turning you loose and you have a free will, but if you'll get in this little cycle with me, you'll get in this transaction with me, I will fill you up and your soul will be healthy and I will bless you and I'll take care of you in every way. Amen? All right. Um, I want to abbreviate something here at the end. There are seven words in the Old Testament Hebrew for praise. One of them is um, tehillah, and it means to touch the strings. So it's musical praise. That's, that's one. There's a couple others in and you don't have to remember the words, but there's yada and tauda. And they mean this. Both of them mean kind of the same things. It is a praise that is giving thanks. It's a praise that's giving thanks. And it means, by definition, to shoot out the hands, to extend and lift the hands in thanks. And the opposite of it, and this is in its definition, the opposite of it is to bemoan and to wring the hands. How many of you would rather lift hands in thankfulness rather than wringing your hands worrying about stuff? So another way that we can thank God is just this. And you connect your heart. And sometimes you don't even have all the words. I did it this morning in my study. I've done it several times today. I do it driving sometimes, and I just act like I'm fixing my rearview mirror. <laughs> but when you understand this, do I not, every time I get up here, every service, I say, come on, let's lift our hands to every service? I want you to know part of the reason we're doing that is yada and tauda. I don't even have to say a word. Sometimes you don't have words. Sometimes you're in the middle of something, but you know what? I told you earlier, you got way more to be thankful for than you do to be wringing your hands about. Amen? Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.